Dr. Dan Schneider is the author of Liber, the Liber Cristo Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. Brand new book gets out from TAM, uh, TA in Publishing. You can find it in the Founders Trading Post store, shop.mikechurch.com. We have 10 copies of it. It's leather bound. Very, very nice book. Uh, Dan Schneider is a contemporary of Father Chad Ripperger. Also, my radio and TV buddy, Jesse Romero, and is in the fight against evil. Dr. Schneider, how are you? I'm outstanding. I'm just, I'm sitting in the background listening to your show, really thoroughly enjoying it. Well, I'm enjoying the, the, the fact that you have St. Michael over your shoulder there. St. <laughs> hey, Michael and our Blessed Mother, those are, our two, those are the two key, key elements in, in, in spiritual combat, even in political combat. We have to bring back sanity. To, to to the to the religious and social realm. So yeah, St. Michael and the Blessed Mother are, are are key elements in spiritual combat that are often ignored today. Uh, would you like me to call you Doctor Doctor Steiner? No, Dan? no, Dan Stein. Yeah, okay. I only make my wife call me Doctor, and she refuses. So. <laughs> okay. I said we gotta be formal here, and uh, yeah, for some, whatever reason. So uh, our mutual friend Jesse Romero calls me about a month ago, and he goes, "Mike, I just interviewed Dr. Dan Schneider. You got to get, you have to get him on the show. It's a book out called uh, the Liber Cristo Method. And whatever the ex police officer Jesse Romero calls you, you answer the phone number one, yeah, and no then doubt. whatever he has to say, you kind of listen to him and go like, okay, all right, all right, Jesse, I'll call him. <laughs> I'll call him. And I did. I reached out to you, or I reached out to Krista uh, to get in touch. I must say, Dan, uh, I was very surprised to read Father Chap, uh, Richard intro this is not what i was expecting uh because uh, in his yeah. in, in his forward here where he talks about all these cases where people call father ripperture up uh one of the foremost exorcists on this continent maybe in the world and uh, you know he goes to the number of cases of calls that they get 2000 and then uh, there's 2,000 contacts, 600 people were talked to over the phone, 150 people are seen, and of the 150, uh, only three out of the 2,000 actually become cases where there's possession. But I think he gives the intro here because there is something going on with the other people even though they're not possessions, is there, or there, there's not a complete demonic infestation there. Uh, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. I think the I think the point the, the moral of the story is, um, as I, as, it, as it's on the jacket of the book, we fight an ancient enemy, and the ancient weapons are best. And so, in cases of possession, which are extremely rare, one half of one percent. And that number, by the way, that year was two thousand fifteen. Uh, they had six hundred uh, cases that year. Now they're getting eight hundred inquiries a week uh, because things have gone mad, as you know, since COVID. Um, so so as mental health declines as as everything else in society begins to decline diabolic influence increases and the whole point of the book really is is to teach people how to how to work you know how guerrilla warfare works because that's our only chance right now we're, we're, we have to fight guerrilla warfare primitive warfare and learn those ancient weapons of the catholic faith and so this is this is kind of the premise of it and so yeah if you're if you're possessed there's a very good chance because the because the demon follows the authority structure so strictly you're going to need a Catholic priest. You're going to need a mandated Catholic. Mandated me, he has a mandate from the local bishop. But that means 99.5% of the cases can work themselves out just by practicing virtue, going back to that old-time religion of the Catholic faith, learning how to offer the redemptive suffering, of course, returning immediately to the sacraments. These are all the ancient, part of the ancient weapons that we use to, to, to combat evil, and we're just trying to restore a little bit of that. Um, you know, th So this program is part of what, you know, I work closely and on Father Ripperker's team. This is part of 
part of what we do um, when cases come to us or to one of our teams in, at a diocesan level. Well, I can tell you that in January of this year, uh, Kyle Clement came to Our Lady of Mount Carmel and did a five-day mission here. And uh, it was some of the most stunning. <laughs> People are still stunned by some of what they learned from Mr. Kyle Clement. Uh, the, he did his last lecture on Friday uh, or on Thursday. And then I interviewed him on Friday, and uh, you know, the radio audience was was surprised by what they were hearing, because this is a layperson, right? But to work with Father Rippiger, and you're a layperson, you work with Father Rippiger. Um, the amount of demonic activity that he was describing that is being dealt with today—it's just simply. <laughs> It, it, it literally is everywhere. It, 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 the, the people that are probably are not being influenced by evil and by demons today is less than the people that are being influenced. Um, uh, but most people don't even know it. Is that fair? You know, I think I think you're looking at, I mean, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Hollywood realm, in the political realm, you're looking at a lot of uncontested possessions right now. You're looking at people that are completely uncon, not contesting the diabolic influence in their life. And oftentimes when they show up at our door, it's because they finally start to contest this, this some, some sort of diabolic presence in their life. And, and our job is just to teach them how to close the doors and reverse any uh, permissions they may have granted uh, over the years through through let's just call it stupid behavior, um, um, immoral behavior, that sort of thing, acts of the will that invite the, per, give permissions into the soul. And one of the things that, uh, okay, one of the days Kyle Clement spent, or a significant part of what he was talking about on this particular day, uh, surprise, surprise, ladies and gentlemen, was husbands and wives. So <laughs> you would not, and okay, and then the way he phrased it, Dan, was I was like, you know what? I would never have thought, I would not have put myself in that position. I would not have thought that the demons are playing the long game. And yeah. when he started describing, when he started giving examples, oh, well, let me tell you how they get, how they work their way into the life of a man and a woman. And when Kyle Clement started describing this, I'm going, well, first of all, I go like, well, I've heard that one before. <laughs> I might have seen that one. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you don't think of this. You just don't think. And it literally is, it is everywhere, everywhere. So talk about that for a minute, and then let's talk about what do you do about that? You mentioned the Barbie movie in, in, in the last segment. This yes. is precisely what it is. It's eroding um, gender identity. I mean, if you want to talk philosophically how this started, all starting with the Enlightenment, which Pope Pius X called the, the, the summation of all heresies. You have sociopolitical enlightenment. You have philosophical uh, modernism, sociopolitical modernism, religious modernism. This is where the, the evil one has entered in. The feminist, the idea of, of, of radical feminism, as we know it today, was introduced in Soviet, Soviet Russia. I mean, we're off topic, but this is where it gets introduced because it broke the very fabric of society. And so there's a, I have a whole section on it because, remember, as Father Ripperger defines a demon as a lawyer from hell, and, he re, and he's very strictly bound by the natural law within within which he was created. So we have to know how he works. He only works to the objective. 
But he likes to drive us to work in the, in the subjective, in our feelings. Oh, God knows what we feel. He knows our intentions. But the demon is the accuser, and he accuses in the objective realm. And I can tell you as an observer, Kyle Clement, by the way, is a fantastic human. Um, he's a bit of a porcupine. He's a tech, you know, he's just a rancher. He's a guy that, 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 you know, he's a rancher. So he's just got that old school grit. And he was the guy that trained us. I remember I first sat in a lecture when they first formed a team at my local diocese 10 years ago. Kyle give a le- gave a lecture, and I was just starting my doctoral studies, but I, he starts describing the way the enemy works and how he militates and, and, and progresses towards possession. And I began to see on the, on the reverse side it, how, the, how this is a complete inverse of the nine grades of prayer according to St. Teresa of Avila, Doctor of the Church, St. Augustine, the three great ways of the spiritual life. The, everything the demon does is in the complete diabolic inversion. And the authority structure is absolutely critical. And I can tell you as an observer, I'm just a, you know, a former cavalry scout that now has been repurposed for this, in this job. And everything that the demon does is an inversion. And I'm watching these cases. And so I'll watch as the priest lays his stole during the exorcism. Part of the rite is he lays his stole on the neck of the afflicted person. And that's the spot of Genesis 3.15. She, he, together, the, 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 the redeemer and the woman with the redeemer will crush the head of the serpent. And so the, the priest lays his on the person. You get a huge bodily reaction. <clears throat> but what was interesting to me is to see the husband laying his hands on his wife evokes the same bodily reaction from a possessed woman. And so we see <clears throat> the authority structure playing out in real time. And so getting restoring order in the home is very important. And part of part of that, it isn't that women are that men are smarter, better looking, uh, more intelligent. That's absolutely not true. It's about who is designed by God under natural law to be first contact with the enemy, who the enemy sees when he walks into a home. and He tries to 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 to, to drive it, you know, a wedge into that home. He has to neutralize the man. And this is where we're at in our overly feminine culture. Men have been so effeminized. Uh, yeah, we got these young guys. They, you know, you know, Mike. They got beards. They smoke cigars. <laughs> they talk about bourbon, but they're not masculine. They're, they cannot take a punch. They're not. They're they're effeminate guys. But you look at the word, and and, and people always ask me, can you give a talk on Ephesians chapter six? You know, the spiritual warfare, uh, the, all the language of Roman Roman armor. It's awesome. But I always start with Ephesians chapter five. Hus- wives, be subordinate to your husbands. Husband loves your wife as Christ loved the church. And so the, we always focus on, oh man, that's a hard word to, to be subordinate to. The Greek word is upotasso. Um, and that, that, that word means to be ordered under. I, I, you learn this word very clearly in the military. It's not about who's the better soldier, the better pilot. It's about a rank and order. And that word also means to be under the protection of. So the imagery, it's a military term that the husband should take his wife and his children. He places them behind him and he holds up his shield and he's first contact. And how was that contact made? Paul tells us, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Die for them. These are hard terms. And we always focus on that. Again, we live in a very effeminate and, and, and radical feminist culture. And, and But we have to see how the enemy, what we're trying to do in this program, in this book, is seeing how the enemy sees and learning the rules of engagement. So getting that order in your home is very critical for clearing stuff out. And by the way, uh, first thing that uh, on the first day that we met Kyle Clement, <laughs> He goes, how many of you have actually wrangled a cow? No, right. no hands go up. Kyle goes, well, I wrangle them all the time. I'm an actual rancher. <laughs> he goes, yeah. so, so this is a, when you talk about masculinity and masculine kind of guys, um, you're right about the beard, the bourbon and cigars. This is all fake. Mm-hmm. You know, the big tattoos. This is, this, this is fake. 
a masculine guy, if you study Father Ripperture, if you or if you listen to Father Ripperture sermons and lectures, and you can get them on the Census Traditionis. Um, Yes, you can get them on Father Ripperture's. Uh, we have some of them playing on our Crusade Max site, the ones that he makes public. Um, you get this sense of what uh, Dan Schneider just said, the uh, author of the Liber Cristo Method, what a real man does. Well, a real man leads his family. A real yeah. man puts the wife and kid behind him and goes, like, you got to go through me to get to them. Uh, and I answer to God. So, is it important then for the man to get to the God, for the man to get this uh, this hierarchy, this structure correct as well? Then it's, it's absolutely critical. And I can tell you, working cases, uh, week in and week out, um, both at the at my local diocese and with Father Ripperger, that that dis, the disorder in the home is always present. There's always some sexual deviancy. There's there's always some repeated venial sins, but there's but there's a lack of virtue. And there's a lack of order in the home. The husband has to engage in this. And oftentimes, and I just had this conversation with a guy whose wife is probably possessed. And I said, look, man, you got to man up. I mean, this thing is going to linger until you start engaging. So you cannot just be a passive, you know, a passive instrument. you got to be actually participating in your wife's liberation. If you want, you can't just say, I just want this out of here so I can go back to my semi-pagan life. <laughs> you have to fully embrace the Catholic faith. And part of that, if you think about the word virtue, Virtus is, 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 it meant in the time of, the, when the time of St. Paul would write about virtue, when the time of the Bible, in the time of Christ, virtus meant manly courage in battle. Julius Caesar would stand before his arrayed troops and say, men, before we go into battle today, I want you to be virtus, virtus. I want you to grow, I want you to be manly in this, in this engagement. And so we have to grow in virtue. But I also quote St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, who says, I want my daughters, the Carmelites, and I teach Carmelites every Thursday in my local diocese. They're, fan they're like, you're talking about warriors for Christ, pure virginal power. And, and she says, I want you to be so manly in your, I don't want you to be effeminate, she says. In the Spanish, we get the word effeminate. I don't want you to be uh, effeminate. I want you to be so manly in the pursuit of virtue that you scare the men. This is a secret combat. Being, growing in virtue is absolutely critical. Otherwise, you're out there, you know, there's so many guys think there's this, you know, all you got to do is, is be a tough guy and pray a tough guy prayer. Uh, but, but look, I flew in, I flew uh, attack helicopters in combat and I had real weapons. And so many guys think, oh, if I just have, if I look cool and I paint, you know, I paint teeth and, and a tiger's face on my, on my <laughs> aircraft, I'm a tough guy. But you can load with water balloons and paint bombs. You got to put armor piercing weapons in there and getting the authority structure correct that's armor piercing. Those are armor piercing rockets and 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 personnel uh, attacking, uh, if you will, uh, uh, rockets and, and missiles. You've got to know the armaments. You got to know the rules of engagement. And this is what this book does. This, I'm not. We're not here telling. I'm not here telling stories. What I could do. Um, I'm here to talk, teach. This is a military guy saying this is the way the battle is. You know, I've sat at the feet of Father Ripker and Kyle Clement for ten years. And this is what it takes in the modern battlefield. This is what the enemy's doing, and this is how we combat them. And we're seeing this not just here. This is political, I mean, uh, religious, but we could easily delve into political realm as well because the battlefield is very similar. Uh, Dan Schneider is the author of the Liber Cristo Method. Get the book at shop.mikechurch.com. Uh, there's a method here, though. So by, by method means that you follow a course. So one thing that's going to be a hang-up to most guys is chapter two, renunciation of evil things. Because <laughs> most guys yeah. are going to go like, that ain't evil. I'm not renouncing that. 
just me skimming it going like I'm looking at someone going like, well, you may not perceive of them as being evil, but yes, they have the tendency to especially uh, lend themselves towards the enemy. And again, the enemy is looking for an in. Which is why we tell people all the time, I have people call me, and I am, I am not in your position or Kyle's, certainly. I mean, I know very little. I, I know you. I know Kyle. I know Father Rimperger. I don't know to be. I've read enough of these books like this. I'm going to read this one. To be dangerous. People will call me, you know, tell me stories. Go, Do you think my wife or my daughter or whatever is possessed? And I'll, and, and, uh, I'll say, well, the first thing we need to, to, to find out in any instance like that, did you, did you come in contact? Did you invite it in? Did you give it a window? Did you provide it an opportunity? Was there an opportunity that was provided that you didn't oppose? So when you start talking about renouncing things, what kind of things do your average guy, uh, man that wants to lead his family, have to renounce? Yeah, um, I, I, I half-jokingly say that the average, uh, uh, average Catholic home uh, the sexual practices in an average Catholic marriage would make a 17th century pagan blush. So <laughs> cleaning up your sexuality in your home, cleaning up your speech, um, cleaning up your, you know, growing in holiness of thought, word, and deed. We have to understand that, that we're dealing with an apex predator. You're dealing with a predator of the highest order. Any inconsistencies, any inconsistencies with the indelible mark of baptism is what draws him to us. Any, any uh, unresolved Un- unintegrated psychological trauma, um, any any areas of, again, lack of holiness and thought, word, and deed, any areas that we've given permission. by The demon's going to say, and our, our, the hard work and the spade work of, of, of exorcism and deliverance uh, ministry is grinding out and removing uh, and forcing the demon to yield to the rules of engagement and 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 getting him to to back off and getting the person to reverse any permissions that they've given and mortifying it through uh, um, um, through prayer and and sacrifice but the demon by 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 definition has no right to the soul if you're if you're baptized by right your soul belongs to 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 god the father through jesus christ that's an indelible mark now we oftentimes give permissions and, and you know that uh, we seemingly insignificant things, you know, the Latoya Jackson, I just want to go get my palm read or whatever. All these pagan activities, a demon is saying, hey, I got a permission to this. In Revelation 12, it says that the, the, the demon stands before the throne of God accusing the brethren day and night. And what's he accusing us of? All the times that we've given him permission, all the times that we've walked into his territory, all the times that we've 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 participated in pagan uh pagan things all the time that we've not been in a state of grace if you're not in a state of grace you have absolute no protection from the enemy so this book is a long deep dive to uncover those areas to say i renounce this i confess this this you know it's teaching you to do a deep dive general confession to remove all those permissions and then committing the soul not just to be demon free but to live for god because liberation catholic liberation means freedom from but also freedom for and that's union with god and that's what that's what we're, we have to get out. We have to get this into people's heads. We're not just here to say, "Oh, I, I want to be. I want to go back to my, my like I said, my pagan life. I want to go back to living a semi-pagan, semi-Catholic life, but be demon-free." God wants, and and part of that is is complete conversion and metanoia of life. Uh, Dr. Dan Schneider is on our Dude Maker Hotline here with us. The Liber Christo Method is the uh, book, a uh, field manual for spiritual combat. Uh, okay, we've we only got a couple of minutes left. I want to show you the page that I, you saw me staring at just now. 
So, okay. All right. I saw this chart. Kyle drew it on a chalkboard uh, or, or on a dry erase board. So I've seen, I have a photograph. I went and took a picture of this chart. So I'm going like, that chart's going to come in handy. Uh, I have a question, though. The, uh, I'm going to pretend like um, my audience, the audience here is mostly Protestant. As someone told me Saturday, it's not Protestant, it's Protestant. Right? No, <laughs> that's, that's, a Clement. that's a Kyle Clement pronunciation right there. <laughs> Protestant. And it's he, not has, he has a way of tweaking uh, uh, things and, and causing a reaction, yes. So let's pretend like most of the audience is uh, Protestant. Uh, it's actually about a 65-35 mix last time we did a survey. Um, and we like that because we love our Protestant evangelical brothers. Uh, they have, a, 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 most of them are baptized. Their destination is heaven, too. We want them for a blessed eternity, right? Uh, which is why we're always telling them, dude, my faith requires me to wish you to convert. I don't have an option. <laughs> so when I say, why do you keep praying for my conversion? Because I have to. I took a vow. I'm <laughs> baptized and confirmed. But let's talk to our Protestant uh, friends here. Is it your experience that the demons pick on Catholics? And kind of leave the Protestants or those that are not even attempting the one true holy Catholic and apostolic faith to their own devices? Or is it evenly divided? What would you tell our listeners? No, I mean, they're, the demons are equal opportunity oppressors. I mean, they don't, they don't care. Um, what they're looking for is any movement of conversion, any movement of, of towards God. Um, so if they can, if, if, if when, you, when you have a, con a conversion moment, um, when you're starting to turn away from from you know this uh, sinful behavior, when you're growing closer to God, that's going to mark it. Like Kyle uses the analogy, he, you might have remembered this. You know, and I've been on a cattle run before, where you you know with cowboys and you're you're on horseback and the cat they're driving the cattle in, and every once in a while you'll see one of the the, the cowboys are just smoking and joking, drinking coffee, and then all of a sudden one of those cows you can see his little brain tick. And his head moves up and he tries to get out of the line. He knows if I keep, I think it's going to happen. And so he starts to move. And as soon as he makes that move out of the line, out of the pack, towards the, towards the truck, towards the slaughterhouse, the cowboys drop what they're doing and they beat the cow back into submission to getting back in line. And that's kind of the interior movements. And, and anytime we have movements towards God, um, we're going to see that. And I hear this all the time. Well, I gave my life to God. I'm living, I'm going to traditional Latin mass and, and now everything's getting worse. I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. All right. This is this is called Christianity. This is not Buddhism. You know, so so now we deal largely with Roman Catholics. But but uh, but yeah, no, but the, any movement towards God is going to draw the enemy to you try to stop it. OK, so uh, in the Liber Cristo method, uh, do we read this book linear? Do we start with chapter one and then read all the way to the end and start practicing? Uh, yeah. Or OK, so you don't want to pick. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to go to chapter four because that one applies to me. Right, exactly. You want to start because I've embedded into it an interior logic, an inner logic, and that is prayer. Part of the ancient weapons, and Saint, Saint I mean, Gabriel Amorth just, uh, just, I mean, just came out, Tank came out with a book about his biography, which I edited. But Father Amorth said this: There's always a temptation for charismatics, exorcists, and sensitives that are people that work with exorcists or some exorcists to to subvert the ordinary means, ordinary means of sanctification, and in so doing, unwilling trap 
fall into the trap of magic. And so we want to try to find that secret prayer and the secret bullet. It's trick plays. And really what it comes down to is smash mouth Catholicism, smash mouth Christianity is how we do this. And you have to start with the very basics. And so most people don't know how to pray. They think listening to a podcast or reading about the saints or reading about the Bible is prayer. Prayer is prayer. It's it's communi- communication with God, St. Teresa of Avila says. Communion with God, with His majesty within. So learning to pray. So we begin with vocal prayer. And we have, but over time, to learn how to do meditation, Lexio Divina, sacred reading of Holy Scripture, to learn custody of the imagination. So it isn't about secret prayers, right? Praying secret prayers and sugary Jesus. It's about grinding it out, learning the basics of vocal prayer, but over time learning how to use and wield the mind in meditation as a spiritual weapon as well. So there's a logic to it, uh, and, and that's very critical that you stay along that logic. And, and people sometimes have a problem with <laughs> staying with the logic. And also, uh, many people have uh, uh, difficulty in structuring your uh, your life around uh, what you just said, Dan. Um, and I know I can just tell you from personal experience that it didn't change for me until I made the commitment to a daily routine. I yeah. had to commit that, like, no, you're going to get up at this time. First thing you're going to do when you get out of bed is sign yourself. Second thing you're going to do is say the uh, grab your scapular and uh, do the um, um, uh, the consecration prayer with the scapular. Then you're going to, you know, you do your, your regular prayers. It's a routine. And I've yeah. heard from people like like Mr. Clement that the demons don't like it when you have a routine like that. Is that true? Absolutely. Well, our experience is that the demon responds to the imposition of order as much as to the prayers themselves. It's the imposition of order um, is very critical in spiritual combat. This is why the Romans, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, an amateur historian about uh, in Roman history. Um, this is why the Romans would use the, the, their structure in combat. They could defeat the, the, the barbarian armies who would outnumber them two to one because of the structure and the order and the discipline. And so this carries over into spiritual combat. So a life must be ordered to prayer, not just a couple of secret prayers, but ordering your life to prayer. St. Catherine of the Church, St. Catherine of Siena, doctor of the church said it this way, that everybody that everybody should pray at least 30 minutes a day, at least. And that's if you're not busy. She says, but if you're busy, she said, you should pray. Right. So, so, and you're living a maxim. I don't remember who said it, but he says that the man who does not pray has absolutely nothing, nothing at all to say to the world. And so, and so if if Mike church is out there speaking to the world, it's that converse conversation with God each morning, the quiet time um, in converse with God that gives you the strength uh, uh, and the insight and the ability to go speak to the world. Well, I'm blessed because people like Jesse Romero have my back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Jesse, yeah, yeah. Jesse, Jesse calls me and says, Mike, you got to interview Dan. You have to. All right, Jesse, I will. Um, Dan, that's all the time that we have, but I'd love to have you I'll back. Hey, I, I want to read some of this, and then I want to come back and talk to you from actual experience. Let's do that. Let's do it. I'm, I'd love to do that. Well, thank you, folks. Get a copy of the book. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. You keep this. Uh, this is one you keep on the desktop on the table so that people can see and go. Hey, what's that? Well, maybe you want to pick it up and look at it. Uh, the Liber Cristo Method from Dr. Dan Schneider from TAN Books. Get it at shop.mikechurch.com. We have it. That is all the time we have. Just tell Kyle I asked about him. He'll remember me. I, I sure will. Oh yeah, yeah. I talk. I talk to him all the time. So we consult. <laughs> 
back and forth. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know you said hello. And uh, we'll follow up in a couple of weeks after I get a couple chapters under me. I appreciate it, brother. Oh, thank you for your time and for the book. Great work, Dan. Pre uh, pleasure to finally meet, uh, make your acquaintance. Nice to meet you, sir. Thank you. Take okay, care. Okay, God bless you. Mary, keep you.